Today's reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 1 through 39, uh, excuse me, chapter 1, 39 through 45, and verse 56. Here begins the reading. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Here ends the reading. The word of God for the people of God. It is so good to be with you all this morning and to participate in um, learning more about how our scripture meets us today. So, to start, I have a confession to make. I am famously very impatient. This is, not, this is something that my friends, my family, Alex, everyone says about me. I do not like waiting waiting for packages to arrive, waiting for my nails to dry, waiting for my plans to come to fruition. But what I hate, most of all, more than any kind of waiting, is waiting in traffic. Can I get an amen? Uh-huh, I thought so. So you can imagine how I feel about a season that is all about waiting. Let's just say I lean more into the preparation aspect of the season rather than the waiting part. I want things to be black and white when it comes to waiting, because if I have to wait, I at least want something to do. Well, the good news for me, though, is that in this season of waiting, there sure is a lot to do. There is extra of everything extra parties, extra concerts, extra events and evenings out. And let's not even get started on that to-do list. There's so much that we try to do to make sure that this season is one that is absolutely perfect. We take pictures for Christmas cards and try to make sure that they get out before December 20th so they arrive before Christmas. Buying gifts becomes a full-time or maybe even a part-time job. Decorating the house so that it looks just right, so that we can enjoy it before Christmas. Making enough cookies to enjoy now, and maybe let's throw some in the freezer so we still have some at Christmas. And we have to make sure that we go to that light display because it's tradition. And don't forget stocking stuffers, as if this holiday season wasn't stuffed enough. We work so hard and do so much extra to make sure that Christmas is perfect. Perfect for us, but also because we want to make it look like we've got our stuff together this time of year. We really have a hard time waiting, don't we? But what happens 
when things don't turn out the perfect way that we had planned? What happens when the Christmas cards don't get sent or the packages don't arrive on time? Or if you're just too busy to see the Christmas lights this year, what happens then? Or what happens if you've lost somebody that you love? Or your depression can't muster enough serotonin to put up decorations? What then? Today we've heard the story of Mary and Elizabeth. This Sunday, because of the way the calendar has dictated, we are celebrating both joy and love on this third Sunday in Advent. I can't think of a more appropriate story to mesh the two together. The story actually begins before our scripture today, and it is when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and tells her that she is going to birth the Messiah, Jesus. Gabriel tells her how all of this is going to happen, and she courageously says, let it be with me. However, right after, she leaves. She sets out with haste, no waiting for Mary either, to go and see her relative Elizabeth. However, there is a lot that is missing from this story. We might want to believe that Mary took all of this in stride, but Mary was human. So I can only imagine that she was more something like, okay, so an angel just came to me and told me that I'm going to birth the Lord. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, also, what is happening right now? I probably don't need to mention to you very smart folks that back in Mary's day, being pregnant before being married was something that was punishable by the shunning of your family at its best and stoning at its worst. Knowing this, Mary quickly leaves for Judea to see Elizabeth. Also, there's no mention of her traveling with anyone, so let me lay this out for you. She is young, pregnant before being married, and traveling by herself to see Elizabeth. She's in a really vulnerable place. And what makes it even more vulnerable is visiting this particular relative in her pregnant state. She's headed to a high priest's house. Elizabeth is married to Zechariah, a guy whose job it is to prosecute people. These are high stakes, y'all. But Mary, brave, brave Mary, knows exactly who she wants to see at this moment in her life. Elizabeth, wise Elizabeth. As Mary walks in the door to Zechariah and Elizabeth's house, she's probably a little uneasy and not certain if she's going to encounter the guy who could prosecute her. But thankfully, this isn't the case. Mary isn't there for two seconds before Elizabeth greets her. And not just any greeting, but the very best kind of greeting. Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Y'all, as soon as Mary walks in that door, Elizabeth blesses her. 
and she says how honored she is that Mary has sought her out in this moment, and she proclaims what is to come. What an incredible response. Every time I read this story, I am awestruck, completely knocked back. What a response. What an incredible response of someone who knows nothing about the situation and everything about the situation at the same time. A person who could have chosen to not believe Mary or support her for many reasons, but instead chose a full-on, full-out greeting of joy and of love and of support. Not only for Mary, but her calling. And it invokes the Holy Spirit. Every time I hear this story, I am also awestruck and knocked back and overwhelmingly grateful for the people whose names come to my mind when I hear Elizabeth's response. Because I not only hear it, I feel it. And maybe you do too. I feel in my bones the way I have felt when I am left wondering what the heck is going on in my life when things are overwhelming or hard or just too much. And the names I think of in these moments are those that I can go to, tell them everything, sometimes feeling like it's too much, but it's never too much for them. They listen well. They hold and honor my words and feelings, and they help me process and proclaim the what is to come. They are the people that as soon as I call or text them, they know what I need before I know what I need. And they're the ones who always check in on me at the exact right time. These are my Elizabeths. The people I call when things are hard or too much, and they're the people I reach for when I'm celebrating and experiencing unexpected joy. Even in the depths of the heart and the chaos of life, their love and their presence brings me joy, even if the situation is less than joyful. These are my Elizabeths, the people who I love and who love me right back so very well. Do you have Elizabeths? Can you name them? Who came to mind when you heard that question? Who are the people who you run to with haste when the world collapses? Whose faces are the ones you want to see when you've got good news to share? Who are the Elizabeths that walk with you, that sometimes have to prop you up, or who dance with you in the midst of all that life throws your way? Friends, Mary was greeted by an angel and was told that she was going to have a baby, and not just any baby the Messiah. She bravely answered this calling on her life, but she didn't rejoice. She ran to Elizabeth. After Elizabeth's love and joy and acceptance, only then was Mary able to rejoice, to celebrate, and to sing the Magnificat, the song of Mary's praise and recognition of what this meant not only for her, but for the world. The angel didn't bring this out of her. But Elizabeth did. Her wise old friend brought out her joy with her love. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months after this, long enough for Mary to get through that first trimester, which those of you who've been through that know that that is not the easiest. 
and also long enough for Elizabeth to birth John. And for those of you who've witnessed birth or given birth, you also know that that's not the easiest. But they were there for each other through those potentially hard moments. Elizabeth and Mary being together during this time didn't change the fact that Mary's relatives and people who knew her were probably talking about her and saying or thinking horrible things. It didn't change the fact that Mary was pregnant and in a tricky situation. But it did mean that someone was in front of Mary that didn't believe what the others were saying and knew what was true. And don't we know that the hardness certainly did not end there for both of them. The road they were headed down with their sons was not an easy one. Both John and Jesus lived faithful lives that were also very dangerous. I can only imagine what it did to their mothers as they watched on. But I am so grateful that they had each other. During the pandemic, one of my Elizabeths told me about a woman named Jessica Kantrowitz. Reverend Kantrowitz is a former full-time minister that now ministers to those of us who are in full-time ministry and others as well with her words through benedictions and poetry. She went viral on Twitter during the pandemic because in the midst of those awful and isolating and what the heck is going on days, filled with anxiety and uncertainty, she would tweet, you are not alone and this will not last forever. You are not alone and this will not last forever. Now we are mainly post-pandemic, things are seemingly back to normal or our schedules that don't prioritize waiting sure seem to think so. But I think the statement from that moment in our history still stands true. Who is with you when you feel alone, when it's all too much to bear? Who is sitting with you when the holidays are almost unbearable for you because a loved one has passed away? Or when it's just too much to put up Christmas decorations or hold traditions like normal because life is hard and a lot? Or who is there for you when everything just feels like it's too much? Who is telling you with their words or their actions, you are not alone and this will not last forever? Those are your Elizabeths. Friends, having an Elizabeth in our lives doesn't promise that everything will be fine and good, that all of our problems will be washed away, that life will be perfect and without blemish. But it does mean that there is someone who is in our corner, someone that helps us weather the storms of life, someone who loves and accepts us just the way we are and reminds us that we are enough, no matter how we show up. Today, we celebrate the life-giving joy that comes with the love of our Elizabeths. Thanks be to God for the love and joy that is found when we are authentically and vulnerably ourselves and have an Elizabeth that can remind us that we are not alone in the middle of the chaos that life brings. Through this story, we are shown that in the midst of the busyness and chaos of our lives, in the moments of unknowing and imperfection, these types of Elizabeth relationships are literal joy and life-giving and that we know that God shows up there too. Amen.